If you're a race driver, a rookie race driver, and you're looking to get on the grid, you're looking to get on the circuit to race for once and for all, but it's in a championship that hasn't really got any exposure. It's in a championship that is not really on the radar of any company or even motorsport in general, and you've got no racing experience, but you still need sponsorship. This video's for you. Hi everyone, Enzo here. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of the Race Driver Coach Show. What's been happening? What's been happening? Well, this week has been mostly Silverstone, APSM, iZone training facility, getting people ready for the season. Now, I'm working with so many drivers that have spent all season, or should I say all winter, off-season, training, preparing, mentally preparing for the season that's about to start. But we're at that very interesting moment. We're on the week that leads up to the first race or two weeks for some people. It's really tense because they've done all the work for the last five months. Solid work, right? Preparing, make sure they're ready. But now they're just waiting. They're just poised. They're like the, the greyhound that's just about to go go out the, out the gates. And it's so tense. It's unbelievable. I love this time because everybody starts to double think. Have I done enough? What can I do this week leading up to it? So then we have to prepare them for that and telling them to chill out, telling them just on Wednesdays, relax day, it blows their brains for some of them because, oh, but don't worry, guys, we'll soon be there. And then you'll know. In fact, for me, you most of you have done all the prep, excellent work, but really, we start to work after race one. Once we know where you're at, once we know all these new strengths and weaknesses, then we can really start to get into the nitty gritty of what's applicable today. And everybody else is in this sort of situation. Just take a deep breath. You're as good as you are now. The race weekend's coming. Apply yourself. Do your best. Focus on the process like we always say and then just see where you're at. And then, then at the end, we can move forward. But anyway, this is the part of the year that we're all in that sort of situation and if you're not if you've done your first race then it's great isn't it because now you can focus properly and know where you what's going on uh what else has happened today woke up really early i think it was half five this morning i woke up to watch the first grand prix of the year of the season and it was a pretty good one vettel won by coming in when the safety by pitting when the virtual safety car was out so he didn't lose any time and then came out back in the lead which all the all the commentators were confused about which is pretty obvious because when you pit stop and everyone's at racing speed you lose loads of time but if you do it when the virtual safety car is out and everyone's at walking pace pretty much you don't lose much time pretty obvious to everyone else in racing but for some reason the commentators couldn't get their head around why Vettel was in the lead but still okay race not too bad we've had a lot worse but for the start of the season it's usually pretty good there cracking track cracking atmosphere everybody's pushing hard don't know where they are again so yeah interesting stuff right as i said at the very at the intro this is about sponsorship today and it's about sponsorship for people that are at the very beginning but haven't got much money the question that inspired this episode was from was from Sarv. i'm going to call you Sarv, even though your name's longer than that because i just want to protect identity like most drivers ask about but here was his question how do I approach companies for sponsorship when I'm a total rookie with zero racing experience? You know what? This is a question that so many drivers struggle with and it's valid because you went on. I mean, I've just shortened that question because you went on to say that 
you've got no TV exposure. You can't really get parts sponsorship because it's a, a spec championship. So you have to get their parts. So you can't really get a supplier to use your own parts. All these are valid questions and valid troubles and worries. Okay, let's just have a little perspective change, shall we? When you're going for a championship that's not glamorous, it's not on TV and all that, and you've got nothing really commercially to sell, it's got zero value. And you know putting a sticker on the car and having them to come to the, the races and that, that's probably worth about two grand, $2,000 or something. So you can't really sell 30 grand of sponsorship when you're only giving them about 2,000 in value. It's a challenge. But in saying that, it's only a challenge if that's how you're going about sponsorship. Because you're selling it on eyeballs, right? On who's seeing you, on your fame, on who you are. But you can't do that. You're trying to sell, not you, but a lot of people are trying to sell sponsorship in that way. But that's the kind of way that Lewis Hamilton would sell sponsorship. Or Conor McGregor, or Cristiano Ronaldo. They're selling it on their fame and all the eyeballs that are on them. So they've got value. So a company can then attach to them, and then that's more than 2,000, right? You can't sell sponsorship that way. If you've got no commercial value, no marketing value, and you're going to a company and trying to get them to invest in you because of that, it's not going to work. So you can't go down that route. You can't say, I will give you this much exposure. You can't really go there unless you're doing B2B because you've got another deal or another company and you can bring them and do business together. That's fair enough, but that's different. So I, Sav and everybody else out there, don't even go down the route of commercial, of how much promotion you're going to give them and how much uh, hospitality and how, how many customers, potential customers, you're going to shove their product in front of because there's no one there unless you've got a really big social media following, like tens and hundreds of thousands. Then you can probably do it. But apart from that, you can't. So go away from that. There's no endorsements, nothing like that. You've got to do something a bit more street, a bit more hustle. This is what I did. Right, my own story. I was this high teen, 18-year-old, hardly any, any education, nothing to show for. I did one year at college doing mechanics, but that was about it, just to, because I couldn't think of what else to do. As a job, I was working as a pizza delivery driver five days a week. Pizza delivery driver, no education, working for his dad's firm, small bloody pizza parlor. And I wanted to be a race driver. I wanted to be an F1 driver. Can you believe that? So I'm older than most. I haven't started. No karting career. No experience. Just some bum with no education. And I wanted to be a race driver. So maybe I'm a bit... I was a bit further back than where you are now. But you know what? I still got my head around it. Somehow, thank the Lord, I got my head around how to become a race driver. And then I went on to become a coach, which was my real destination, my real calling. But still... I would have succeeded, I know. I know for a fact I would have succeeded because I was on my way. But I want to stop you there and show you how I did it. First of all, I stopped dreaming of the big championships, the expensive ones. Because, to be honest, if I'd got the money somehow, a miracle of getting the money with no experience or no connections in sport or any idea of how to sell sponsorship at that age or to have business relationships, 
I would have got my ass kicked anyway because <laughs> I wasn't good enough. I didn't have any experience in driving. So I would have gone into a big championship and I would have been at the back. I would have lasted a year. Everyone would have given up on me, probably. Anyway, so I'm glad I didn't do that. So what did I do? Like I spoke about before, I brought the goal down to a manageable goal. I knew where I wanted to get to. That's fine. But I brought it down to now. What can I do within this 12-month bracket that's doable? Because at the end of the day, what's the most important thing to be a race driver? The most important thing or step would be for me to get on track. Simple. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter how many people see it. I've just got to get behind the wheel. I've got to learn how to drive, to race. And I've got to then start to build relationships with people in the industry so I can get favors to learn how sponsorship works, to do a little bit of sponsorship so then I can grow and get more sponsors for the next year. I just got to start the ball rolling. And I got a feeling that might be the same for you, Sav. And everybody out there that's starting to race with no cash and no experience, you just got to do something. You just got to get on a grid somewhere, even if it's hill climb, sprint driving, drifting, something that's manageable financially or possible financially over the next 12 months to get the money for. So what did I do? So that was step number one was lowering my goal, right? Brought it right down to something that was manageable. So I was looking through thinking, what's the cheapest form of racing? Club racing. Now I can see now looking through these papers that a lot of the, and talking to people, that a lot of these drivers, even at the very front of club racing, they've got day jobs. They've got normal nine to five jobs, yet they're still managing to race. They haven't got much money, but they're still managing it. Interesting. So if they can do it, I can, with my enthusiasm, with the amount of time, because I work nights, I can spend my days up until two in the afternoon working on this. I can do this. So I went into Autosport. This is where it ended up. Autosport magazine wasn't online then, was it? Oh, I don't know. Not like it is now. And the classifieds. And I saw a Fiat Uno for sale. I was like, a race car, Fiat Uno. And I was like, wow, I've got a Fiat Uno on road. That's interesting. Four grand. 4,000 pounds it was. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. I can do that. I can get a bank loan for that. And then turn the page and I happened to see a Formula Ford race car. Now we're talking anything with the word Formula at the front and I'm there. And it was cheaper. I think it was 3,000. I can do that. I can get a bank loan. And this is what I did. I got a bank loan. I don't suggest you do this. And I thought, right, over three years, pay it back. Easy. Anyone can do that, even a pizza delivery driver. So I went and got this bank loan, got a yes from the from the bank, got it, bought the car, and then I had it. Now I've got a race car. I didn't even think of step two, of how to run it, how to get it to the circuits, how I'm going to get the money to even prepare it, to repair it, and enter the championship, go to the circuits, nothing, fuel. And I was like, right, but I didn't care. Step two is all this, right? Step two is how to get all this other money in. And then that was it. It was hustling. It was being streetwise. It was selling everything I had, even the road car, selling everything I had. And so I got about this much money towards it. Then it was like, right, I need a sponsor. And I can't, like you say, you got controlled parts. I can't go and buy any set of tires. I had to get certain BC10s, I think they were called, Avon tires. But I can get a sponsor who can pay for them. So they're their tire supplier. So I went to the local tire and exhaust place and sold them on the fact that I'm going to get them in the press, the local press, newspaper, every single race weekend. Their name's going to get mentioned. Their photo on my car is going to be in the local paper 
and I'll come here, I'll let you have my car on your little showroomy little bit. Um, and all I want from you is two sets of tires this year. And that was probably, I don't know, it's probably worth about 500 pounds or something. It's 500 pounds I didn't have. Brilliant. Because I didn't have anything. I had zero cash after buying that car. I mean, we didn't even have a pit board. You know, pit board, the hang over the pit wall that shows you what lap you're on. Your previous lap time, because I didn't have a lap timer in the car. Um, didn't even have one of them. In fact, one of the very first tests, we took a cork board from the office. Cork board with pins in it. And the paper written on showing my lap time. And it was a bit embarrassing holding that. And lucky thinking back of it now, it's it's really embarrassing. We must have looked like some, oh, I don't know, real amateurs. But hanging it over the wall, my dad was. And, uh, and my friend, or my friend, I can't remember who it was. And all the papers that were on there, when I drove past, they just went everywhere. These papers were all over the track. We didn't think about putting one page out at a time or one piece of paper. No, no, no. They were all there, leafed up under each digit. <laughs> And these papers went everywhere, and I'm surprised we didn't get thrown out of the circuit. But that's how poor we were in the racing world. We just had to eke our way through. I had to borrow the race trailer. I had to get a friend who was pretty good at mechanicing to help me prepare the car, but prepare the car myself. And I was doing a terrible job. I even put the suspension upside down once and didn't even notice and went out and did a test day until somebody in the know told me, like, mate, your shocks are on upside down. Okay, thank you. It was that amateurish. It was terrible. But that was, I spent half the year just going out when I could afford it, testing at Mallory Park, which had a half day, I think it's still going now, a half day test day for cars and just took it there because it was local and just got better and better. Got feedback off the other people that were testing, got to know the people that were doing uh, like supplying parts for car, for the sort of car I got, did a deal with them. Just kept doing deals with people and saving money and somehow obviously working six and seven hour, uh, days a week now to try and get the money and selling everything. I just about eked my way through the following season. This car got help from somebody else who was a bit better at preparing cars and had to pay him. Got a, like a couple of hundred from friends, from parents. Somehow, so I just got through. I don't know how, but I did because I found a way. I had the race car. I knew that I could now have the permission just to find all the little bits around and just eke my way. And that's what it took. And you can still do that this very, this very day. You can do the same. 20 odd years later, you can do the same. If you find a championship that's possible, that's not too out of the reach, it's still within a person's average wage, should we say, for, for a year, you can get through it. Lots of different suppliers. You want somebody to supply the fuel for the year? Perfect. Get someone who's in that kind of industry and get them to supply you with like, I don't know, a thousand for the year for your fuel it all adds up and you make your way through i mean i started i tell you what the first race weekend i was second from last because i spun in qualifying but by halfway through the year i was finishing 10th and i think i finished 10th in that championship and then won the championship the following year with a different car talking about different car i got to the end of the first season i sold that car and made a profit because we took it in and it was a dog of a car we dusted it off, made it look nice, took the top roll hoop off, which was too big, so it could do the championship we wanted to do. There you go. We're in. And then at the end of the year, because it had pretty good results, we sold it for a thousand more than we bought it. So that was great. That went towards the following year. And I'd already paid some of the loan off anyway. That's my story of how I started. And this is the kind of thing that too many drivers are not prepared to do. 
they say, no, I can't do that because I can't really sell that championship. I want to go for a bigger championship. I deserve this. I, I, I beat this driver now that's in that championship. You can't be like that. You've got to look at your situation and all you've got to answer is one question. How can I get on circuit? And as I say, it can be anything. Drifting, hill climb, just events that you go to. You've just got to get behind the wheel and see how good you are. Build the skill of being a race driver in a way that you can do it. And everyone can do that. And a follow-up question that Sarv asked was, how can I dedicate time to it when I'm, or I'm a student and I'm doing engineering, I can't fit in racing? That's another thing. <laughs> what do you think people are like when they want to start a business, but they've got a day job, a, a proper job that's paying the mortgage and now they want to start a business? They work on it at nights. I mean, racing doesn't take that much time. If you're going for a club championship that is fairly affordable, you can hustle. You can do your studies. And if you can't, do your studies first. Get them out the way and then start racing. You know, you've only got a certain amount of time. I mean, what's important to you? I would say get your education first, right? Get that first. Get it done. Make everyone happy. And then you can start the racing as a hobby like I did. It's in the spare time. I just slept for like six hours instead of 10 like I was before. But you can do it. You can do more than two things in life, you know. People do it all the time. You've just got to hustle. You've got to dedicate the time. Make it simple. Make it manageable. And then anything's achievable. The thing is, when you're at the beginning, you don't think it's possible. But if you commit, if you put yourself in there, you've got the car like I had. And it's like, okay, all I've got to do is run the thing now. Even if I can't do a full championship, I'll just take it when I can afford it. That's still a foot in the door, right? But then things start to happen. In reality, you start to talk to another fellow driver and them championships, people are quite, they help you out. And I got somebody to take my car for me at one point, stuck it in the back of their transit van. They took it along with theirs. So they just helped me out. And if you, you got a few people skills, you know, you can do something for them, you do a favor for them. You just get through it somehow. People tell you the same all the time, right? They say, yeah, we bought a house when we first got married or something. We couldn't afford anything, but we made it through somehow. That's the kind of journey that too many drivers are not prepared to take because they don't think it's all listed out and, oh, I need to afford it up front and they don't want to take the gamble. They don't bother at all. But sometimes you just got to go. Blind faith. You just got to go for it. Don't put yourself into too much debt. You don't have to get a bank loan like I had to because then you can get into trouble then if everything goes wrong. But there's a way of doing it. You can get money everywhere now. Like I'm not sure if I just said, but you can sell You've got eBay, you've got Gumtree, you've got all these sites where you can go and pick up stuff for free and sell it on Greg's list. Sell it on Gumtree, on YouTube or wherever you want and you can make some money. You can make a couple of hundred extra a month. Anyone can nowadays. Sell your services if you're good at something. you just got to hustle. you got to get your way through that season and it's got to be a season that costs little. But at the end of it, you started that snowball. At the end of it, you're like, okay, now I understand the industry. Now I know how good I am. Now I know more people that can help me. And you build, but you've got to start. So first, bring the goal down to a manageable amount. Then commit yourself. Find a way of doing it. Just get money in. You've got to have different income streams. Some of it's got to be saving money. So you now you're bringing the budget down even more. If you've got somebody helping you, you think, okay, what can I do for them so they don't charge me as much? So you're getting sponsorship from them in a way, but service for service. If they need customers, say if it's a mechanic, right? I need a mechanic for this car I've just bought now. Damn. What does that mechanic need? 
customers. Maybe I should go and find them some customers so they can earn money, more money through our relationship, and then they'll work on my car for free. You've always got to think like this. That's business. And the more you do this, deals with people that have got stuff you want and that want stuff you can provide them, you're going to get on in life because that's how it's done. All the people that you, you admire now, if it's Amazon owner or Virgin, Richard Branson, they had to start this way. It's just doing favors. It's just making your way through. Somehow you do it. And it's that kind of blind faith, but work ethic and thinking outside the box of providing value for people that can help you that will make this happen. So do not go out and start to sell sponsorship on who I am because you're nobody yet. So forget that way. That's only good for parents or for uncles or people that can actually give you money and say, I don't care about it. I don't want anything for it. But if you haven't got that, aim for a championship you can afford and just somehow get through the season. Even if you only do half of it, you can start the ball rolling and then you can sell the car at the end if all goes wrong. Maybe you get a sponsor that buys the car. They buy a car. You only use it 10 times of the year. At the end of the year, they can sell it, but also they can drive it themselves and have some fun and you can coach them. Then you've got a car to race. It's a deal. Lots to think about, Sav, and everybody out there that start, that thinks they, they can't really get that first on the first rung of the ladder of motorsport. It's possible for anybody. There's championships out there that cost nothing in all sorts of different types of countries. You've just got to be prepared to do the work, to hustle, to eat dirt, to be streetwise, and to offer value to people that can offer you value. That's it. Build from there. I hope this has been of some value to you. See you next time.